0: for the last, I don't know how long, and um, it's, I know it's for myself personally, but I also believe it's for all of you as well, and that is the importance of studying God's Word, which is the Bible, we know, and there's a wonderful acrostic that you can see there, basic instructions before leaving earth. It's an old one, (laughs) it's an old one, but I'm an old one too, so I thought that was great, And it's quite appropriate for what we're talking about today. So the Bible is our guidebook or our instruction manual. I love putting together IKEA furniture. I do. I love it. I know it's weird, but I really do. Um, I don't know if you can read that or not, but... That's not me. I love it. In fact, one of my sons-in-law actually gave me my own set of Allen keys a couple years ago for Christmas, and so if if anybody ever needs any size Allen key, I have it, okay? But I have to be really honest with you and say that there's no way I could even start the process of putting a piece of IKEA furniture together. So I could not even think about putting one together without the step-by-step manual um, that's complete with illustrations, And likewise, there's no way that I could really know how to live my life for the Lord without reading his instruction manual, the Bible. Being raised in a denomination that placed a very high value on studying our Bibles, God's word has always been very important to me. I wish I could say that I've always hated all of its teachings and consistently lived a life transformed by its truths, but alas, I cannot say that. But what I can say, without reservation, is that I am thankful for the emphasis that my denomination did put on the importance of the Bible. It gave me a very good, solid foundation of Bible knowledge, and I also think that it has transformed my life in more ways than I likely realize. And right now I'm going to play a song that I think you're all going to recognize, and so Mark is going to turn up my volume, and here we go. Loves me. This I know for the Bible, it sells me so little ones to him. Belong. They are. Yeah. I'm sure it's likely safe to say that most of us have heard that song many, many times ago. The line that really got me, though, for this morning, got me thinking, is, For the Bible tells me so. The last few weeks, the emphasis of teaching here at OVV has been on how much the Lord loves us and the exhortation to share Him with others. Stacy shared with us that we're the bride of Christ— and we need to make ourselves ready for His return. Vince talked about the fact that just looking at God's creation helps us to know that there must have been a loving Creator who would make a hundred billion galaxies, and to make us humans as well in all of our intricacies. Ephesians two ten says that we are God's masterpiece. He's created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do all the good things he's planned for us to do long ago. Jake spoke of the mandate of not keeping our salvation to ourselves. We're to live it out so that others will see Jesus in us and be drawn to him. Each of these speakers used a lot of scripture to reinforce the teachings that they shared. And all this brings us to the topic for today. The importance of studying God's Word. We're going to talk about why we should study, what it takes to study, and the results of study. So, why should we study? The primary reason for studying the Bible is to get to know God in an up close and personal way. We can listen to pastors and other speakers share God's Word with us, but studying it for ourselves is key to having a meaningful relationship, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We will learn to know him as the creator of the universe, the redeemer of our souls, the sustainer of our lives, and the friend who sticks closer than a brother. Studying God's word just for the sake of studying is not the point. When we were in Israel this past March, our guide, whose name is Alan, right there in the middle, made it quite clear that he is not a Messianic Jew. In other words, he hasn't, doesn't re- uh, recognize Jesus as the coming Messiah. He said he's a practicing modern Orthodox Jew. But I'm telling you, this man has read and studied the whole Bible so thoroughly that he knows it inside and out. He would say he lives in the Old Testament teachings and believes much of the New Testament is accurate historically. The problem is that he's read the Bible, and specifically the New Testament, academically, not as an instruction man, manual on how to live. He knows about the author, but he has never met the author personally. John 14.6 says, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Alan does believe in the God Father of the Old Testament, But without receiving Jesus as his Messiah, he doesn't really have access to him. Alan is on my prayer list. He sure knows about Jesus, and I pray that he will come to know him personally someday. God does desire to speak to us. He does so in a variety of ways, through nature, through that still, small voice, through other people. But primarily, he speaks to us through the Bible. And it's the benchmark that we must use when we feel that he's talking to us through other ways. In Jeremiah 29, 13, God says, You will seek me and you will find me when you seek for me with all of your heart. The second reason we need to study the Bible is that we will discover whether or not we have misconceptions about God. Who he is, what he's done, what he's doing and about the amazing truth that we can be in relationship with him. There are a lot of teachings going around about God. Some of them are true, some of them are false. And in order to know the difference, we need to have a working knowledge of the truth of the Bible. Did you ever know that the best way to tell the difference between counterfeit money and legitimate money is not to study what a counterfeit counterfeit bill looks like or feels like, but rather to study the genuine article. Similarly, when we are so familiar with the true teachings of the Bible, any false teachings that we encounter are going to light up like neon signs. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And in the next chapter, verses 16 and 17, we're told that all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, and that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. Thirdly, the study of God's word will help us to learn who we are. There are a myriad of verses that teach us our value a long time ago, I received a birthday card from a dear friend, which I've kept because of the words on it. It says, God is writing a book about you. The pages tell of your life and the lives you were created to touch. No one else will take exactly the same path as you, meet the same people, or have the chance to show God the love of God in the same way. You are unique, and so is your story. And it's one of the author's favorite reads. And then it quotes Psalm 139, 13 to 16, which says, For you were created in my inmost being. You created me in my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are too wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body, and all the days ordained for me were written in your work, in your book, before one of them came to be. Another reason we need to study God's word is that we are able to discover, to discover God's purpose for our lives. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven to 12 says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, they are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. And James 1.5 assures us that if you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. Next, from studying God's word, we learn to deal with the problems of life. In John 16.33, Jesus said, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Currently, I'm doing a a devotional on the book of Proverbs with a few friends on YouVersion. That book alone is jam packed with amazing wisdom. What does it take to study? Well, one of the first things we need to do in order to study is to get rid of obstacles. Obstacles such as laziness and busyness. In order to overcome these obstacles, we need to develop good habits. One of my biggest obstacles has been laziness. A few years ago, the Lord got through to me and I actually saw that my desire to open his word On a regular basis was not something that I could just hope to do someday, but something that I could actually start doing. It wasn't easy, but I started to get up an hour or two earlier than normal. And soon it was such a routine that when I miss it, I actually feel a sense of loss. There are so many resources available today for making study possible. The NLT Life Application Bible is my favorite Bible to use. The commentary on each page is so pertinent to our daily lives. Each book of the Bible has very informative outline, which details people and places as well as the theme of the book. There's an exhaustive topical index as far and as a as concordance as well, and there are detailed maps of the Old Testament world as well as the New Testament. Some of which highlight the journeys of many of the characters of the Bible, like Moses and Jesus and Paul. Another of my very favorite resources is the U Version Bible application. For several years now I've been doing U version devotions on a variety of topics as well as reading through the whole Bible in a couple of years. Nikki Gumbel has one called the Bible in one year, which has meaningful devotions to go along with each day's reading. Bible Gateway is another resource that I use often to look up verses. Both of these resources give you the option of which version or translation you'd like to read. And Right Now Media is another tool that is so valuable and so easy to use. Just a sec. We've used several studies from the Right Now Media with our Zoomers Bible Study Group, and I've done several on my own. Again, there are a variety of topics and books of the Bible that you can study through this media. The results of study in the Bible are numerous. James one twenty two exhorts us to not just listen to God's word, but to do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. Our faith is strengthened when we study the Bible as our guide for living our lives. It's not just an academic endeavor. Romans 8.33 says, For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor might, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And Philippians 1.6 encourages us that we can be confident that he who began a good work in us will bring it to completion on the day of Jesus Christ. When we spend time with God in study and prayer, our actions are going to reflect it. If we truly apply the words of Philippians 4.8 to our lives, they will be directed towards God. And others will see it. Now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is pure, what is true, what is honorable, what is right and pure, and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. In Psalm 119.9 we read: How can a young person stay on the right path of purity? By living according to your word. We can replace the words young person with middle-aged person or even an old person like me. Living a life of purity and holiness is another result of knowing God's word. First Peter 1:14 to 16 says. So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then, but now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. Sometimes it's so hard to know the purpose for our lives, but the Bible is full of verses which will make our purpose clear. True, it's not going to say, "Thou shalt go to that school or "Thou shalt buy that car, or "Thou shalt marry that person," but it will assure you that he is interested in those decisions, and he will give you peace and guidance. Psalm 119:105 says, "Your word is a lamp or is a word sorry, Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path." And Micah 6:8 says, "O people, the Lord has told you what is good." And this is what he requires of you, to do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Sometimes God uses other people to show us the answers from his word. And sometimes it's through song. When I found out that we were going to have to close our Christian bookstore, Salem Storehouse, I was just so filled with fear, fear that was, it was debilitating, and I remember that one uh, morning, I was just beside myself, and the words of a song that I really didn't know came to my mind, and I thought, that sounds like it might be something I should listen to. So I, I'm a Googler. <laughs> and um, I didn't exactly find the answer to my question, but I did find peace through the words of the song. Each stanza was obviously written from somebody's deep knowledge of Scripture, The song goes like this. I don't know about tomorrow. I just live from day to day. I don't borrow from its sunshine, for its skies may turn to gray. I don't worry over the future, for I know what Jesus said. And today I'll walk beside him, for he knows what is ahead. Many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand. But I know who holds tomorrow, and I know who holds my hand. I don't know about tomorrow, it may bring me poverty, but the one who feeds the sparrow is the one who stands by me, and the path that is my portion may be through flame or flood, but his presence goes before me, and I'm covered with his blood. Many things about tomorrow I don't understand, but I do know who holds tomorrow, and I know who holds my hand. In conclusion, which means there's still two more pages. (laughs) um, I know that many of you already are consistently reading the Bible. You're studying it and you're applying it to your life. I pray that you will be an encouragement to others to do so as well. And some of you may have the desire to read read God's word, but you're not really sure where to begin. I pray that whatever obstacles might be in your way, they will be overcome, and that you'll be encouraged to just start. The Lord knows your heart, and He knows your desires. He will honor your willingness. I printed out a re- list of resources, which um, Sam is going to hand out to you. It just has a list of the verses that I've quoted this morning, as well as those resources that I mentioned. For all of us, I pray that we will come to know the author and perfecter of our salvation as we learn of him through his precious word. Hebrews 12, 1-3 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. And now he is seated in place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. So I want to thank you so much for listening this morning. And I pray that you will sense the Lord's presence with you as you continue your day. And I do pray too that you'll open up that word of God and apply it to your life.